You're listening to a message from Highway Church entitled CCD. Enjoy. Is it still morning? Yeah, we got 15 minutes for morning. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Joseph, for inviting me <laughs> to share the word. That's very special. And I, I just want to thank you. He's always been an encouragement. Uh, a lot of times we don't see very clearly for ourselves what God has put inside of us. And it takes another person to clarify that and just to uh, confirm and uh, you have pushed me beyond what uh, my limits are most of our lives, and I'll just get used to it. So, <laughs> and that's a good thing. You've grown me. You washes me faithfully with the Word of God, and I'm just thankful uh, for the places that you have challenged me to go. And let's go further. I, I'm ready. Let's do it. Let's go further in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. So I'm going to talk this morning, uh, Joseph told you last week, I'm going to teach CCD this morning. <laughs> I never even knew what CCD was until Joseph told me. Joseph went to CCD, I only heard about it, so I don't even know what it stands for, I had to look it up, but I do know it's like the Sunday school, the church doctrine taught to the children within the Catholic Church, so I know that this area has a history of Catholicism. I thought it was kind of cute, so I'm teaching CCD today. <laughs> but it's not the CCD that you think. <laughs> God has given me uh, this morning to talk with you and to encourage you about commissions, calls, and dreams. That's the CCD we're talking about this morning. Commissions, calls, and dreams. Hallelujah. So let's pray and ask the Lord to speak to our hearts this morning. Father, we thank you for this place. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your call upon each of us to be in this place. We don't count it as coincidental or by accident, but Father, you have appointed us to this place for this time. And God, we are attuning our ears to you right now to hear what you would have us know what you would encourage us in. Father, I pray that by your anointing and by your spirit, your word would be ministered with clarity, with anointing, and with power, Lord God, to deliver, to set free, uh, to bring vision, to bring clarity to the hearts of your people, Lord. We value your word. We regard it above all else. And we look to it to give us instruction this morning. And Lord, what we see and what we hear and what we perceive, we agree and covenant to do according to your grace and by your strength, Lord. We thank you that we're truly changed in this place this morning, that you bring, uh, bring us a sharper focus, bring us to the place you've called us, and we give you the glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So commission, 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 commission calls and dreams. Uh, Joseph and I were in a discussion, oh, which we always are, always talking about the Lord, aren't we? Or what he's doing. I just can't help it. It's just what's going on. It's, it's the thing. It's the thing to talk about. So, I mean, we're married, but it's the thing in the marriage, you know? Jesus is the thing. And uh, what he wants us to do is the thing. We're talking about it all the time. And it was just another conversation. But a more significant one we had recently in a parking lot. <laughs> and coming out of that, we got to hear one another speak. And I thought, God wants to encourage us that he can accomplish uh, all that he has commissioned us to do all that he has called us to do, and all that we're dreaming about, he is not too uh, small to get it all done, Amen. you know? So I want to encourage us today to dust off some of those things, the commission, the call, and the dreams, and know that God is big enough to do it all in our lives, to bring it all to fruition, to bring it all to completion with our cooperation. So a commission, what's the difference between these things? A, a commission, according to the definition in the um, dictionary, is it's an instruction. It's a command. It's a duty given to a person or a group of people. Um, synonyms for commission, a task, a job, a mission, a project, or an assignment. 
So if I asked you right now, what is our, as a group, we are the born-again, called-out ones, the church of Jesus Christ. Here we are, the called-out ones. If I were to ask you, what is our commission, what is our task, our, our uh, assignment, or our project, I'm pretty sure you guys would all say, what? Shout it out at me. Go and make disciples. I hear it. Okay, reconcile the world. The first one that comes to the top of the mind, we, it's not written in the Bible this way, but somehow over time it's gotten the title, what? The Great Commission. And we know that to be where in Scripture? Anybody know? I love it. I love it. Some of you said Matthew 28, and some of you said Mark. What? Yeah. There's two places, and we're going to look at both of them this morning. So the group that we're talking to this morning is Jesus' disciples. That's you and me. He had disciples back in the time when he walked. He had 12 that followed with him. Um, but he told them to go and make disciples and teach others. And guess what? After generation after generation after generation, we're the others who are now the disciples of Jesus. We are followers of Christ. We discipline ourselves after Jesus. And so we're the group we're talking about today. And the instruction that he gave us is, I don't have a, do I have a person? Uh, I will look at this. What is it? Uh, uh, thank you, Eden. Uh, the first one we want to look at, the first instruction is Matthew 28, that you guys shouted out the Great Commission. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go ahead to the next one. So because of that, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you, or surely I am with you always, even to the very end of the age. So the things I want to emphasize in this is here are the tasks in this, the verbs, the tasks that we have been given is to make disciples. Pastor Joseph, you shouted that out first. Make disciples. Baptize them. Teach them. Okay, so those are the three that are in there that we're to do. Make disciples. Baptize them. And teach them. Okay, let's look at the next one that some of you said, Mark. Interesting. Uh, maybe some of you didn't know that Mark also is a rendition of the Great Commission. I know Matthew tends to be the more familiar, a popular one, but Mark also says here, and he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. So the difference between these two, they have a little bit of a different emphasis. In Matthew, the emphasis is make disciples, baptize them, and teach them. In Mark, it says preach, and signs will follow. So if you are a teacher by nature, you probably shouted out, Matthew 28, that's the Great Commission. If you're a preacher with signs following, you may favor Mark, Mark uh, uh, 16, yes, which is preaching and demonstration. Now, is there a conflict with the commission because they have two different emphasis? No, because uh, in, and I didn't put this in my list, but last night I asked Joseph, uh, Matthew 4.23, it's not uh, on the screen, but we're going to look at it here. Matthew 4.23, why is this not a conflict? They're both giving us instruction, one with an emphasis of teaching, the other with an emphasis of preaching, and demonstration. Well, let's take a look at what Jesus did in Matthew 4, verse 23. It says, actually, this follows uh, this, the 
uh, passage where Jesus is calling his disciples to come and follow him. He's calling them. He's going by the wayside, by the seashore. He's seeing fishermen. As Joseph pointed out, was it last week, that these aren't just small little boats. This is commercial fishing for a profit, big outfits going on on the side. And he sees them fishing, and he calls them to drop what they're doing and come and follow him. And guess what they did? They dropped what they were doing, and they came and followed him. And what did they then go and do? Well, it tells us in verse 23, Jesus went about all Galilee teaching in the synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing, which is the demonstration of the word of God, all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. All right, so this is not a conflict. Here we are, if we're discipling ourselves after Jesus, and like these men who dropped everything and followed Jesus, we should disciple ourselves after his purpose and after his mission. And he didn't say anything different to us. The last words he said before he ascended to the Father was the very same mission that he came to do, to preach, to teach, and to demonstrate or to heal all right? So we're about the same work as Jesus. So if you're a disciple of Christ, if you've given your life to Jesus, you don't have to pray about it. You don't have to fast about it. You don't have to really go too far to find out that if you're a follower of Christ, you're going to be commissioned to do the same thing that Christ did. You don't have to pray about it. You don't have to fast about it. You, because of the nature of being a disciple of Christ, because you say that you wear the name of Christ as a Christian, because you say that you're a follower of Christ, then by nature of that, you're going to be doing the things that Christ did. So that's not hard to figure out. We don't have to pray about that. Why am I making a big deal about praying and fasting? You know, the call of God... My life's purpose is something that people just go round and round and round and round and round. And some spend their whole lives and never settle upon or never determine what it is that God has called them or made them or created them to do. Joseph talks about it all the time. We talk about destiny, that God has called you to a purpose. And God has something created and something in mind specific for you. But how many people do we know that confidently go about and say, yes, I know the call of God in my life, and yes, I'm walking in it today? Well, it might not have been too many to this day, but after leaving here today, we at Highway Church are people who know the call of God on our lives, and we are speaking the call of God in our lives. We are prophesying into our future the things that God has called us to do, and we're walking in it day by day moment by moment. That's our confession. In Jesus' name, we're a people who know the will of God, who know the call of God, who have been anointed with the anointing of God. Hallelujah. His ability was anointing. It's nothing more than God's ability dwelling in me, living in me to fulfill all that he's called me to do. It's simple. It's simple. And guess what? We've been given an anointing. First John tells us, you have an anointing. Yes, yes. So we're going to clear up some answers today. You don't have to wander around saying, well, I'm at, you know, here I am. I don't care how old you are. A lot of times we have little ones, not too many little ones today. But I don't care if you're 12, 13, 20, or... 75 and beyond there God has a call and a purpose for you and if you're here you still have time to fulfill it (laughs) all right so if you're here you're not done if you're not if you're done you're not here so it's just real simple okay if you're here you're not done if you're done you're not here so okay you got that very simple so we have time to learn today from God's word. We, we have time yet to see the fulfillment of what God's heart is. Joseph spent so many weeks talking about the father's dream. And it ended with us realizing that he wants to bless all the families of all the nations on all the earth. It's God's desire to bless people. And so we are here we want to see God's dream fulfilled. Let's cooperate with that. 
This week we saw so much news, and I saw I thought what a what an irony, what a, a juxtaposition where we have 17-year-olds winning gold medals in Olympic events, and we have similarly aged children being charged for heinous crimes. So we have got such a juxtaposition, such an irony to see gold medals and crime and punishment on the same week amongst the same age. And I want to say to you that uh, God's will is for every person. There's not a single person who God hasn't marked or hasn't called or hasn't uh, tried to reach. <laughs> and there's a plan and a purpose, and God has a destiny for every young person. No one is lost. No one is too far gone. No one is too old. No one is too, um, uh, too weak. God, and we'll see why in just a little bit as we get further into the calling. So there's one more thing, and Debbie, you kind of touched on it. One more thing that God has called us to do, and it doesn't follow under the title of the Great Commission, but it's found in 2 Corinthians 5, and let's go there. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 18 through 20. It says, now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. There it is again. God reconciled mankind to himself through Jesus Christ. So as a follower of Jesus Christ, we too are reconcilers. All right, that is that God was in Christ. Did I not just say that you have an anointing that comes from the Father? And so we too, God was in Christ. Guess what? God is in us through Christ, reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now then, if this is what God has done to reconcile people to himself, to bring them in fellowship with him, to have a relationship with him, to be alive to God and dead to sin, this is what he's done. He's made a way for this to happen for every man, every woman, every girl, every boy, that they should be in relationship, reconciled with the Father. So we are ambassadors now then. Now then we are ambassadors for Christ as though God himself were pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf. Be reconciled to God. Be reconciled to God. If this isn't burning inside of you, then, we're, then today it will begin <laughs> at hearing this word. If this hasn't been burning inside of you to see men, women, girls, and boys brought back into fellowship with the Father, then let it start again today knowing that this is your commission. You bear the name of Christ. You're a Christian. And a Christian today in so many people's minds means something unappealing. Something of mental illness. <laughs> Something of no action. I'm hearing this week, too, accusations against prayer. That you, we, prayer isn't enough. We need to act. I'm telling you, you can be moving in ways of action motivated by fear that are the wrong ways of acting. That you need to first pray and get instruction from the Father. And then you can go act. All right, did you hear me on that? We have people today who look at Christianity and think it's weak, that it's meaningless, that there's no power behind it. But I'm telling you, when we understand our commission and when we look at the word of God, something comes alive inside of us, the nature of God, and we begin to act like he acts. If, but if we're not looking at the word, we won't know what that is. Okay, if our Christianity is based on uh, a popular Christian magazine, that's, that's not the same. If it's based on a Christian 
uh, media news outlet, that's not the same. Our eyes have got to be on the word of God, knowing the nature of our Father, that we might reflect it, all right? We are called to be ambassadors, doing the work that Jesus did of teaching, preaching, and of demonstration. So that's all cleared up. If you wear the name Christian, this is your commission. All right, and let that, let that burn in our hearts, Lord. Let that uh, burn in our hearts. May we see people as we go out of here and see them as ones needing to be reconciled to the Father. Yes. And guess what? It's already done. This is what I love. We come from a position of faith where we know that God has already accomplished it. God has already accomplished righteousness for that young lady out in the parking lot. God has already accomplished it on the cross. His blood was shed that these people I see out the window right now should be reconciled to God. I don't have to do it. I don't have to perform it. It's already done. I just need to tell them about it. <laughs> and if I'm afraid to open my mouth, I don't even give them the opportunity because I pre-decide what they're going to think about me. Don't do that. You are a reconciling ambassador. God is a loving God, a powerful God, a saving God, a reconciling God, a merciful God. We represent him. So be reconciled to God, I implore you. But if we pre-decide what people are going to want to hear from us because we're a distasteful Christian in the eyes of media or of culture, we don't even offer them the opportunity. But we're about the Father's business. We're about the commission that he's called us to do. We're ambassadors. We have good news. Hallelujah. Let's take a look at the call. What's the difference between a commission and call? And I don't want to be parsing words, but there is a slight difference. And sometimes commission and call uh, is used interchangeably by preachers and different Bible study teachers, but in this I want to make a small distinction, and that the commission is to the group. The commission is to the group that bears the name of Christ. We are followers of Christ. This commission is given to his disciples, so that's the group. A call, I want to make a distinction and say that it's, uh, according to the definition in the dictionary, an order or a request for someone to be present, okay? It's an order or a request for someone to be present. So if I call you on the phone, I'm asking for your attention. <laughs> I have something I want to say. I'm calling you uh, and you specifically. Okay, I can make a call to a group. I certainly can do that, but I'm talking um, about uh, an individual. I'm talking about individual callings here this morning as opposed to a group commission. All right. So a call is a summons what Jesus did to those fishermen on this, the seashore, a summons, hey, guys, over there, come on, follow me. And they did. They answered that call or that summons. It's a request or an entreaty, okay? Very good. It's a specific request. And I just thought back to myself, uh, the call of God first comes for salvation. So, if you haven't known God as your Savior, if you haven't been born again, and you haven't made Jesus the Lord of your life, the second individual call is going to be real hard to figure out. <laughs> so first we answer the call to salvation. That is that somehow, somewhere along your course, you heard that you needed a Savior that Jesus provided the sacrifice for your sin, that he uh, gave his life on the cross, that he raised from the dead, and the question was then proposed to you, do you believe that your sins are forgiven? Do you believe that God raised Jesus from the dead? Do you believe that Jesus is Lord? And then you make an answer to that call. And if you haven't done that today, I pray that today that's done. If you haven't made an answer, you may have heard the call, but you haven't made an answer. You haven't responded. You know the story. You know what he's offering, but you haven't engaged in it. You haven't picked up the phone. <laughs> so if you need to pick up the phone today, if you need to respond to the call, today is your day. Hallelujah. 
And then after that, after the call of salvation, there's a specific request that God will make to you to answer the call to the employment of your gifts. And this is where uh, it gets deeper, all right? It gets deeper. He's calling you to the employment of your gifts. Every single one of us has a gift. I don't know. My children know that I just am a sing-songy lady, so sometimes something will come out in a song. That was not intended. I don't know. That was mom right there. (laughs) But every single one of you has a gift or multiple gifts. I don't care how old you are in here. It may be that you've lived your life not knowing and you just pushed away that idea. You've just decided, I guess I'll never know, and you push it away. I'm encouraging you today not to do that. You have a gift. You have a gift that was God-given. It was administered to you when you were being formed in your mother's womb. And you know God. He doesn't do anything without having a purpose in mind. He's not just handing out gifts willy-nilly, and if you find it, well, that's nice or good for you. No, when he gave you the gift, he had something in mind. Hallelujah. In my situation, the call to salvation came to me. I grew up in the church, and I would hear, actually, they didn't make altar calls. They, didn't, they asked you if you wanted to respond to the invitation to be baptized in my church, which, in their understanding, meant that you were being saved. So that's not necessarily according to the words, but their invitation was, do you want to be baptized? Does anyone want to be baptized today? And by coming and responding to that invitation, you then were saying, yes, I'd like to become a follower, a disciple of Christ. Well, I saw that many Sundays in my church. I saw many children be baptized. There's like these waves in the church, you know? It's like uh, everybody turned eight, and I don't know if it was in the Sunday school class, but who wants to be baptized in the eight-year-old class? And all these slew of eight-year-olds were getting baptized. And I knew this, that something wasn't sitting right with me. I was like, no, I'm going to wait. There was something in me at even a young age that was saying, I want to know what this is, and I want to engage. I want to be active. I want to be having faith attached to what I'm doing, not just because all the the eight-year-olds are going to get baptized. Something in me, the Holy Spirit, somehow graced me to know that it's not just something that you participate in. You've got to activate this call. This call has got to be activated by you. It's by your faith. You turn it on by your faith. And so that's when I said, okay, I'm going to wait. And I passed the eight-year-old bunch. But by the time I got to be 12 years old, a call was made at camp. And at that time, I knew the stirring of the Holy Spirit on the inside. And at that time, I knew very clearly the Spirit of God saying, who else will love you like I love you? Who else knows you like I know you? Who else will guide you like I will guide you? And I knew it at age 12. I heard that and said, oh my goodness, I'd be foolish to not respond to this. God loves me. He guides me. He cares for me. He saved me. Hallelujah. And then there was the call to the employment of gifts in my life. I'm just giving my examples so so you can look back in your life. Maybe there's a moment where you knew a stirring but didn't know what that was. And when I was um, in 1988, (laughs) some time ago, I was uh, at a youth conference in Michigan. I lived in Ohio at the time, I believe. Went to a youth conference in Michigan, and the title of the conference was called called it was called called (laughs) got that it was called called and the whole thing was presented to us similar to what I'm saying to you now that God has a plan and a purpose for you and that you must respond to what God is asking you to do you can't sit on a bump like a bump on a log and think that these things will be happening as Joseph said we got to engage right these things don't happen automatically Right? Did I just say that with my daughter? These things don't happen automatically. You've got to engage, right? You've got to get the gears engaged to get moving. 
all right? But this call was unique to me, and I knew something was going on. Again, I, again, this thing inside of me, they made a call, everybody come down, and this was unique, because the only time in my church experience that you came down was to get baptized, but at this big youth conference, the, the, the minister said, come on down, come down and respond to the call of God in your life, and I thought, we're not getting baptized. Why is everybody going down there? <laughs> but again, slew, a slew of young people went down to respond that, yes, I want to follow the call of God. And you know the Spirit of God was stirring in my heart, in my seat. But I sensed, uh, again, I felt like I don't want to just automatically do this. There's got to be an engagement. And I felt the Spirit of God, I knew that, I perceived the Spirit of God to say to me, lift your hands. Well, you got to know how rare this was, too. You didn't lift your hands in the church that I went to. Nobody, you held a hymn book, and then you shared with your neighbor. There was no room to lift your hands. You were holding the hymn book with your neighbor. So if you lifted your hands, how could you sing? Because there were no screens in those days and all that stuff. That was a long time ago. <laughs> so, so there was no lifting of hands. There was no expression of, of thankfulness. There was no... Uh, worship from the heart that was happening. There was hymn singing, which was beautiful, and there was agreement, mental agreement with the words and, and a faith in the heart, but there was no worship expression and thanksgiving for what God has done. And so for God to say to me, in my seat, I want you to lift your hands, <laughs> I was like, oh. my friends don't do this, God. But at this time, <laughs> I'm like, nobody's, everybody's running down. But God said, just lift your hands. And I know today that that act, and I did, I lifted my hands before the Lord for the first time in my life. Nobody else was doing it. But I lift my hands before the Lord. I got over the fact that no one else was doing this. And I listened to the leading of the Spirit of God inside of me, although I didn't know that's what that was at that time. And I lifted in obedience to the Father. And I know now, what is this? What does this represent? Surrender. I knew I was saying yes. That was my response. Some people walk with their feet. Some people lift, you know, down to the altar in a response. But some lift their hands in a response. And so I lifted my hands before the Lord, and that was my response. That was my yes to God. I'll do what you ask me to do. That was 1988. Let's look at what the word, God, uh, the word of God says concerning callings. Let's get real nitty-gritty uh, from the word about callings. The first uh, from Romans 11:29. thank you, Eden, it says, The gifts and the calling of God are irre irrevocable. So you can say um, the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. They cannot be taken back. So when he makes the call, he doesn't forget that he made the call. <laughs> and like I said, some teachers will teach this about just salvation, the call to salvation. I answered that at camp when I was 12. But this too, the call to employ your gifts. All right, let's, let's think in those terms today. The call to employ our gifts. The gifts, because that's what we're talking about here. The gifts and the call. You've been given gifts, now what are you going to do with them? You've got to respond to God. This isn't necessarily about the call, the answering the call of salvation. And some teachers will teach it interchangeably. But they're right there. It says, for the gifts that he gave you, and the calling has to do with the purpose that he gave you those gifts. The gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. He won't take them back. It doesn't skip his mind. Oh, did I ask Dean to do that? Uh... I think I did. Uh, no, he, he knows. He places the gifts. He knows why they're there. And he won't retract the purpose or the call for which he placed them in you. Let's look at the next one, Eden. This is 2 Timothy 1.9. It says, who has saved us and called us. So there's both, right? The call to salvation and called us. Let's talk about the employment of our gifts, with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. This makes me relax a little bit because this stuff is all inside of you, 
okay? You don't have to go searching high and low. To find. It's inside of you. He put it inside of you already. And it's not according to my figuring it out. It's not according to, well, let me go try out this and let me go try out that. And then 20 years later, let me go try out that. And then, and then 30 years later, I'll go try out that. And, and it, it's not that. It's not according to what I'm doing. It's according to God's purpose that he's calling you. And it's by his grace. His grace is on your calling, and I have not heard that. It's been, go try this, go try that, see what you're good at, take assessments. And all of that may be helpful in your finding out what it is that God has called you to do, but the greatest news to me is that he already knows what's going on, because I sure don't. <laughs> When, let's just tell you the truth. Whenever you answer the call of God, you don't always know where you're going. You don't know where this is going. Abraham didn't know, and he's the father of the faith. So why should I think that God's going to tell me everything when he calls me? A lot of times we're not going to know what we're doing. And that's okay. It's okay to not know what you're doing. Anybody glad about that? Oh. But guess what? He knows it's according to his purpose, and it's according to his grace. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'm operating in my call according to his purpose and grace. Amen. That's a confession you can say. I'm operating in my call according to his purpose and grace. In Jesus' name. Glory to God. It's not for us. These, this, the call is not for us. It's not even by us. It comes from God and by his grace. Let's look at 1 Corinthians 1, 26 through 27. It says, For you see your calling, brethren, that not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. <laughs> and so if somebody on TV calls me mentally ill, well, I should already have expected it because I'm foolish according to them, right? I'm not wise, I'm not mighty, I'm not noble, and that's okay. A lot of times, yeah. everybody said hallelujah. Glory to God. Woo. It's okay. It's okay. And you know, if you, and if you were like me, firstborn child, you love it. Joseph's loving it. I, woo, we don't know what we're doing, and we look foolish. But praise God, we're called according to his purpose and grace. That's good news. Amen. That's Amen. good news. <laughs> if you're like me, a firstborn, you wanted to do everything just so and have everybody say good job and pat you on the back, and that was so important to you that everybody loved what you did. <sighs> but there come a time when you face the reality that as nice as you are, as wonderful as you are, there will be people who don't see your calling, don't recognize it, speak against it. For every one person that's encouraging you, there's 10 out there who will tell you you're, you're horrible at what you're doing. So just realize that you're not going to get the applause of everybody because you answer the call of God. <laughs> What's this? You got some... <laughs> You won't get the applause of everybody just because you answered the call of God. Hallelujah. <laughs> Let's look at the next one, Hebrews 3.1. Oh, praise God for this. Therefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling. It's not of us. It's not by us. It comes from above, his purpose and his grace. Partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our confession, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Jesus is the high priest over our call. Woo! That means he's taking care of it. He is um, interceding on our behalf. He's over, he's our covering in our call. If we've blown it, he's our cover. Hallelujah. If we've missed it, we haven't discussed, he's our cover. He's the high priest of the call, whether I get it or not. Whether I've discovered it yet or not, I can say, Jesus, you're the high priest of my call. You know what this is. It comes from you. It's by your grace, and you're covering it. You're protecting it. You're ministering over it. You're interceding for it. You want this. You're for me. Your faith is for it. He wants to see this fulfilled in your life. 
He's the high priest of your call. It's not for you to to um, maintain or you know you so you find out your calling and now you think don't pick up the lie that it's yours to dust off and keep clean and uh, no you have a high priest over your call it's Jesus he's oh Daniel I think Dylan (laughs) just that word spoken over you to protect the calling Jesus is the high priest over that call and it's true for you it's true for each one of us Jesus has a covering over your call, okay? You're not out there doing this on your own, hoping it goes well. The purpose for which you're doing it, the grace by which you're doing it, and the covering over it all comes from Jesus, our high priest. Hallelujah. Ephesians 4, 1 through 3, let's take a look at that. I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called, keep going, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long-suffering, bearing with one another in love, one more, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. So I find out my calling. Somehow it's been made real, uh, revealed to me, made known to me. I don't now toot my own horn and uh, carry a big flag or a banner or, I mean, I don't know, maybe you get flags and banners and write it on the side of your vehicle, whatever. But, <laughs> but, but the thing is, is that you carry it knowing that it has not come from you. It isn't, yes, you have the gifts, Yes, you have the gifts. Yes, you're unique. Yes, you're unlike anybody else that ever has been. Yes, God made you specific for this. But it's not from you. It's God's. And we bear that in humility. We bear that with gratefulness. What is humility? Joseph has told us before. It's when we submit ourselves to the word of God. Okay, so if the word of God says that I'm the healed of God, it's humility to say I'm the healed of God, right? So if God has called me and I'm called according to his purpose and his grace, then it's humility for me to say I'm called according to his purpose and his grace. That's humility. You're you're not humble when you say, Yes, look at me, everyone. This is because of me. I'm better than you. You don't have the gift I have. I'm so sorry that you don't have the gift I had. If you did, you would see, and so forth and so on. Okay? doesn't come from us. It comes from God for his purpose and with his grace. Hallelujah. Let's look at 2 Peter 5. This is a long one. So don't get all bent out of shape because that last one said walk worthy of the calling. The Bible tells us how to walk worthy of the calling. So we don't have to be like, I don't know. I don't know if I'm walking worthy. Uh, I don't know. You don't have to, to, to stress and have anxiety over, am I walking worthy of my calling? The Bible lays it out in the next one. How do we do it? For this very reason, give all diligence. Add to your faith virtue. To virtue, knowledge. To knowledge, self-control. To self-control, perseverance. To perseverance, godliness. To godliness, brotherly kindness. And to brotherly kindness, love. Next one. For if these things are yours, and they are, and they're abounding, and with our cooperation, they do. <laughs> you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. For if you do these things, you'll never stumble. So right here, so beautiful how God puts in the scripture, uh, the reality, the truth of who we are, what he's given us, as Joseph always says, who we are in Christ. And this concerning our calling, we've got, uh, we can make sure by our participation, 
Okay, so just like I said before, God has placed gifts in you with a purpose. They come with grace to perform them. Well, we don't have to sit back and because of being unsure, not be obedient to the call. Oh, that's not nice. So if we sit back and say, well, I don't know if I'm worthy. I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. Uh, check that. Make sure it's just not an avoidance of, of responding. Because the Bible tells us you have been made worthy. And with our cooperation, these things abound in us. Right? Again, if my eyes aren't on the word... How can I abound in something I'm not, even, I'm not even aware of? But if I'm looking at the word of God, which tells us what God has done for us and who we are in Christ, then I look at this and it abounds in me, all right? So always looking to the Father, always looking to the word. That's the way to, to be sure and to make sure you're walking worthy of the call. Keep your, keep your focus. <laughs> keep it on the one who gave you the gift and called you to use it with his grace. Let's look at Philippians 3.14. Walking in God's call requires intentionality, I said. Uh, it's, it's, it requires intentionality. It requires endurance. It requires a forward focus. You can't be looking back once God has called you, right? He tells us that. Jesus says if you, you know, put your hand to the plow and then look back, you're not worthy. Well, here we go. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Jesus Christ, or in Christ Jesus. I press. So if you are 13, you can press. If you are 20, 21, that young adult age where you're stepping out into things, 22, 23, you can press. If you're 75, and like I said, if you're here, you're not done. I'll agree that you're done when you're not here, <laughs> but not until then. If you're 75 or older, you can press. We're pressing toward the goal. So that means I've got to be intentional. I've got to be intentional about employing this that God has called me to do. I press. I've got to endure it's a goal. Uh, I don't get to the goal. A football team doesn't go the 100 yards or, well, they s start at the 20-yard line or 25-yard line. They change the rule, right? Not the whole 100 yards. But I don't make all that distance on the field in one play generally. There's endurance. There's opposition that comes. And I have to keep pressing down the field to the goal. So don't, because of opposition, because of some big linebacker in your life, <laughs> don't come against that and quit and say, well, I guess I'm not going to meet the goal. No, you have to endure. You have to press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call. Did we just sing this morning? We go from glory to glory will never be the same you take us higher and higher we're, we're we'll never be the same we're forever changed this has got to be our focus I know we're in these flesh bodies I know that there's a limit there's an expiration date but on the inside is the spirit man who lives forever hallelujah and I'm telling you don't let your flesh that may fail don't let your fa maybe possibly failing flesh convince you that your spirit man is locked back down here too with your flesh. It's not so. You go from glory to glory, from strength to strength. I'm only getting stronger and stronger as I walk with Christ. Hallelujah. Don't get your association with your body all tangled up in here. God's call is forward. It's upward. It's going to move you in this direction. You're not going to be stuck. It's going to move you in a forward direction. Hallelujah. It's up, and I'm always looking for it. <laughs> all right. That's so good. What about dreams? So God calls us to do something, and what about dreams? What about those? How do they fit? I, I've seen this. Joseph and I have even discussed this. Do dreams have to be sacrificed in order to answer the call of God? It's easy to sit in your chair and say no, but when you hear the call of God, sometimes the call of God 
the primary purpose of the call of God is not necessarily that your passions be fulfilled. He, he's got a bigger plan and a bigger, broader idea of what needs to happen than us just, just feeling fulfilled. Will we feel fulfilled when we follow the call of God? Yes. <laughs> is that the reason why he's called us, so that we would feel fulfilled? No, it's a byproduct. Uh, pastor Sam, years and years ago, uh, one of the past, our first pastors here in New England would say, I don't go by what I feel, but I sure like to feel what I'm going by. I love that. He'd say, I don't go by what I feel, but I sure like to feel what I'm going by. And it's the same thing. God's not calling you so that you'll feel uh, fulfilled. But in responding to the call of God, you will be fulfilled. Okay? So do I have to sacrifice my dreams in order to fulfill the call of God? Well, you may have heard this phrase before, and I love it so much. When you take care of God's house, he'll take care of yours. In other words, when you answer the call of God in your life, he's going to take care of your dreams. Now, what's the promise of the month this month? Anybody know? (laughs) Psalm 37, 4 says, Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of the heart, of your heart. But the first part of that is you delight yourself in God. Answer the call and have fun with the call. Delight yourself in the Lord because it comes from him. Oh, glory to God. He shall give you the desires of your heart when you delight yourself in him. Commit your way to the Lord. I've given up my trying to figure it out. I already told you I don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) So I don't know why I keep persisting and thinking I have to lead the way. I don't know what I'm doing. But if I commit my way to the Lord, I have the promise, and I trust also in him, he shall bring it to pass. Oh, glory to God. One thing Joseph's been saying around the house, he goes, I just trust the outcome to, to God. I, it, I've got to do what he's telling me to do, but I, the outcome isn't dependent on me. I do what he tells me to do. I commit my way to the Lord. I trust him, and he brings it to pass. Can you trust him to do that? Is he good? It may feel like a long time waiting. <laughs> you may feel that way, but can you trust him? Can you delight in him all that while? Or are you going to quit and peter out and say, well, I don't know. I don't know if I can delight in God anymore. I'm just tired of waiting. No, you got to delight in the Lord. Commit your way to him. Trust him. The moment you stop delighting in him, you can know for sure that you're not trusting him. (laughs) Hallelujah. There's never a time to stop delighting in God. Let's look at John 15, 7 through 8. This is from the Weiss translation. Something Kenneth Hagin used to say, and you guys might be able to finish this too. It doesn't cost to surrender to God. It pays. He would say, you know, people go around and say, oh, the poor preacher. Oh, my, that poor preacher gave up everything to follow God. Oh, isn't he just a, oh, bless his heart, you know. Poor little preacher, poor little thing. Kenneth Hagin would would vehemently say, no, it doesn't cost to follow God. It pays. It pays to follow God. If you maintain a living communion with me and my words are at home in you, you haven't evicted God's word. Right? We're not evicting God's word. We don't read God's word and then kick it out. No. Once we hear God's word, we, abide, we, we invite it to come in and stay. Come live here. I did not know that before, but I see it in your word. Come stay. I don't kick out. Once I hear God's word, I receive it. Amen. You won't receive the benefit of the word of God or the promises of God if you evict it. Abide with me. If you maintain a living communion with me and my words are at home in you, familiar, relaxed, at ease. Oh, it's my environment. The word is my environment. That's my home. 
You know when you've come home, it's your environment. Make the word of God your environment. I know I'm home now. I know this. This is the word. I'm at home. Hallelujah. If you maintain a living communion with me and my words are at home in you, what? I, Jesus, command you, all of you sitting here, to ask right now at once something for yourself. Whatever your heart desires and it will become yours. Amen. What? Isn't that amazing? The Weiss translation, I love the emphasis. He's commanding you to ask. If you take care of God's business, do you not think he'll take care of your dream? Oh, I know it. I know it. I know it. And we may not see it yet. The fulfillment of it may still be in progress, but I know it. I know it. I have his word, command at at once, right now. Ask something for your neighbor. No, he's saying for you, your dreams. I will do it. I will do it. It will become yours. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Just some thoughts about this. And these are, we'll just finish up with just some quick thoughts. Uh, When you're walking in your call, when you're walking in the commission, when you're uh, trusting in the Lord to fulfill your dreams, you can't be concerned with what the other guy is doing. Your call is yours. I said it's not to a group. It's to an individual. There's something that God has done when he, uh, oh, and the devil will fight against it. He fights against everything, (laughs) but he's defeated, and we know it. And so I want you to catch this. There are sovereign beginnings that each of us has. That is, I didn't choose what family I would be born into. I just was. That was God's sovereign plant. Yeah, (laughs) that's right. I, I did not decide I would be a girl. I just... That was God's doing. I'm a girl. Hooray. I'm not trying to be something else. I'm a girl. And I'm so glad. I'm walking in the grace of God to be a girl. Hallelujah. I wasn't, I was born in the U.S. Not everybody is born in the U.S. I happen to be born here. I had nothing to do with that. That had nothing to do with me. Sovereign beginnings. These are important in the call of God. They're a print on you. There's something that God had in mind, that you were born when you were born, to the family you were born to, as a male or a female, in the nation you were born to. These are things that God designed and God just did. Do you know that the devil will rage against that? We see it now. He doesn't want you to even acknowledge the sovereign things God has done. He doesn't want people to know their gender. He doesn't want people to have any feeling for their nation, but to disparage their nation and to put it down. There are people who don't even, haven't even been born into a family. They're, they have only have a mother, or they only have grandparents. There are circumstances in the devil would like for you to get hung up on these things and not even accept that these sovereign beginnings are part of God's plan. So whether your family was great, whether your nation was great, all these things, listen, listen, trust all that stuff to the Lord. Trust it to God. It's part of your call. It has significance to what he's asking you to do. And so we accept that. And then there's the spiritual formation. After sovereign beginnings, we had a spiritual formation. We either heard the word of God or we didn't. We either got religion or we got the gospel. We got some false religion or we got the gospel. So there's a spiritual formation. This is all part of your call. Then there's the gifts and discovery development. The positive and negative experiences both teach us what God has called us to do. So if you're a young person right now and you've made stupid mistakes, or you can be an old person still made stupid mistakes, guess what? That's all part of discovering. God's not disqualified you because you made a mistake. God has given us Jesus, the blood of Jesus. Remember, he's the high priest over your call. So whether you've messed up, you re-engage. Today you re-engage. You re-engage. I don't care how many times you've messed up. Jesus is the high priest of your calling. It's irrevocable. He won't take it back. He's asking you to respond. 
even after all that you have experienced, both negative and positive, lead you to understand the calling of God. And then there are, is life maturing. That's the period that is sometimes hard. <laughs> uh, it cannot be comfortable. Relationships sever. Um, separation occurs. Emergencies happen. It feels like delays are happening at every side and you can't understand. Disappointments money, all this kind of stuff, cares, they want to come at you, but through all these things, you're going through this life maturing, which leads us to a point of what is called convergence, you've heard this possibly before, where all of these things, your sovereign beginnings, your abilities and your gifts, the things that you're discovering through bad and good experiences, through positive and negative experiences, all of these things coming together with life maturing, lessons learned, uh, and, and, a, and a good character that you've been developing, all of a sudden, all these things will come into alignment, and there will be an invitation for you to participate in something. And some of you, I know, you've been, uh, they're not here today, but uh, I talked to a couple last week, and they said we were in a different location. It was prophesied over us that we would connect in with a group, and they talked about the fellowship of the group, and they've been here uh, in this area for a number of years, and we're like, where's that group? Where's that group? I don't see that group. And now they're here at Highway Church and they feel this is the group. This is the opportunity. And some of you guys having just come in on the dream team this week, this morning, was our first morning. You've been given an opportunity where the convergence of all of these things are coming into play. And the call of God is being walked out in your life, even amongst ourselves. So we appreciate uh, what God is doing in each of you. Not just me and Joseph, but all of us together, we look and we see. We're looking. What is the call of God on your life? And we encourage it and we speak grace to it in the name of Jesus. We speak grace to it in the name of Jesus, Amber. Grace to your call. We speak grace, Hamdi, to your call in Jesus' name. Jesus being the high priest, we speak grace to one another's callings in this place. This is a place of convergence. And then um, I want you to know not to be in a hurry. I can't tell you personally myself how much of a hurry. Having grown up in the church, having listened to preachers all my life from all kinds of different things, you think that by a certain age you should be somewhere. And don't be in a hurry. This is God's story for his glory. Don't be in a hurry. Don't be looking at the other guy. These things are progressively developing. It will take time. And these things, too, don't think they're necessarily in succession upon completion. So once I do the commission, then I can work on the call, then, I can, then God can fulfill my dreams. They're not necessarily in succession like that upon completion. They all three can be working at the same time. And you don't have to be the one to decide what's important. That's what we were talking about, Joseph. You don't have to prioritize and say, well, it looks like my dream's happening before I've fulfill the commission don't worry about that <laughs> God does all three he, he's so amazing he's the master weaver he pulls all these things together so don't you fret or worry over you know what what order does this need to come and what priority does this need to be in you've got the grace of God for all these things and hallelujah he's working them all out you are not done I told you you're not done. If you're here, you're not done. If you're done, then you'll not be here. And know this, for those of you who are in the older ages, I love this. I think we learned this from the um, Del Turcos. Maybe they learned it from Lester Summerall. But there are three phases, and this is just a generality according to the word of God and the 120 years that we're believing God for. That one, zero through 40, we're learning. We're experiencing. And that's where all of your, you know bumps or whatever you're learning in that period and it's okay to make mistakes you don't have to learn without that was me I always wanted to learn and do everything perfectly the first time it doesn't it doesn't happen <laughs> you're gonna make mistakes in these years and then 40 to 80 you take what you learned over here and you put it to work and you do all that you just learned and you're growing and maturing and you're working that thing which God has called you to do so Joseph and I thank God that that's where we are right now we're in this period in the stage where we're working right here amongst you guys the things that God has placed inside of us it's so fun to see them all blossoming and and just at different times popping up here's something popping up there's something popping 
popping up so fast. It'll make your head spin, right? <laughs> and then at, what about after 80? After 80 is when you pass on. It's legacy years. When you pass on all that you learned, all that you did, you share it with somebody else. And please don't check out at 65. Oh, for Pete's sake, don't do that. Oh, yeah. Please don't do that. I'm talking to you. I need you. I, I'm, not, I'm still in the middle section here. I need you all to go as far as you can go because your call has value. And, and it's not done until you're gone. <laughs> so there's an assignment for every season and there's grace for every assignment. There's an assignment for every season and there's grace for every assignment. Don't forget the anointed one and his anointing dwell in you. Hallelujah. So I'm just, those are my thoughts about these things. And I just want to encourage you this morning. From God's heart, we're in this place. Joseph has given us opportunity to serve here. But this isn't the, the, the completion of it. You guys are in jobs where your, your gifts are being employed. But I just wanted to encourage you this morning from the, from the Spirit of God to set your focus, to be intentional, not to lean on yourself, but to trust in the grace of God and engage in what He's called you to do. In Jesus' name. At Highway Church, we want to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ and experience the abundant life he came to give you. If you'd like to learn more about God's amazing love for you, please visit us at highwaychurch.us. You can email us at info at highwaychurch.us or message us via our Facebook page. Put your trust in Jesus today and taste and see how good He is.